Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines. Today we're going to be talking about chasing your dreams. It's something that has been coming up a lot recently in my life in a very interesting way. Uh, and I wanted to give you all a reminder about it because I think it's something that oftentimes people, we get so caught up in the day-to-day -day life and the day-to-day -day actions and habits of our life, providing for ourselves, our family, paying our bills and whatnot, and we forget about our dreams. Because at the end of the day, when you think about it, or rather at the beginning of the day, we all had dreams at one point or another. You think about when you were a child, your parents, uh, you know, asked you what you wanted to do when you grew up, which, by the way, is a horrible question to ask. It shouldn't be what do you want to do. It's, it really should be how do you want to live. But as kids, we all had these big dreams, these big aspirations, whether they were something like being a policeman or a firefighter or living in a castle and riding ponies or something as strange seemingly as, as flying away on a unicorn or a hippogriff. But at the end of the day, you know, we all had dreams. And even in our teen years and our early adult years, we had dreams, things that we wanted to pursue, things that we wanted to accomplish, a way that we wanted to live, the cars that we wanted to have, the house that we wanted to have, the experiences that we wanted to have. All these things were part of our dreams. Yet as adult life proceeds, Oftentimes what happens is we get lost. Those dreams get lost to us because we're so busy with the day-to-day. -day. We're so busy focusing on making that next buck, not necessarily to create wealth, but even just to pay the bills. So it's very important to keep our dreams in mind and to keep them top of mind. Now, some people are going to say, well, I can't afford to focus on my dreams because I've got a family and I've got to support them or my job doesn't allow me, or I don't have the time, whatever the reason may be, they may all be very valid reasons. But that doesn't mean that you can stop dreaming. It doesn't mean you should stop dreaming. On the contrary, that is the exact situation in which you need to be dreaming, which you need to be looking for something bigger and better than what you have already. And the key is also that you need to be working towards it, because dreams can become reality. They're meant to become reality. I mean, you look in the Bible, you look in the Torah, just look at Joseph's dreams, look at Abraham's dreams, look at all of our forefathers and our ancestors that came before us. They all had dreams. Our ancestors who were living out in, uh, you know, across the water, across the lake, across the pond in, in Europe, they had dreams of getting out of Europe. They had dreams of pursuing the American dream, whatever that may have been to them. And many of them, unfortunately, were not able to achieve it due to circumstances outside of their control, or sometimes it was because they didn't pursue it, whatever it may be. But there were many who did. But what you find in history, and when you look back at it, is it wasn't necessarily easy. Nine out of ten times it wasn't easy at all, because dreams are not meant to be easy. If they were easy, everybody would be living their dream life. But a dream is meant to be worked for. I mean, look at Joseph's dreams, right? His dreams landed him in trouble.
But what ended up becoming because of that, he became the viceroy. He became second in command of of all of Egypt. And frankly, he became the one who was really in command of Egypt. And because of that, he was able to set himself up and his brothers and his descendants and generations to come. He was able to set them up with security and the ability to then eventually free themselves from their slavery. And that is the point. Our dreams are not just for us. It's not just for us to benefit from. But at the end of the day, our dreams are really meant to be there to help other people. But dreams have a funny way of uh, entering our lives and sometimes exiting our lives and, you know, sometimes coming back up into our lives. So when you think about it, if you had to think right now and take a minute, maybe pause this, think about what is your dream? As ostentatious and audacious as it may be, as out of the box and wild as it may be, what is your dream right now? You can start small, but I would really encourage you to start big. Think big. And then work your way there. I've shared it with you many times before, and I'll share it with you again. Right now, my big dream is to have a thousand acre plus ranch that will be used as a health and wellness center for people to come. For me, it's all about welcome home. Let this place be your home if you have no other home, even if you do have a home. Let this be your place. It's a second home. It'll be a health and wellness center. It'll be a place where we grow organic, true organic crops, healthy food, raise cattle, raise sheep, provide equine therapy, provide other types of therapy. It'll be a place for people to come connect with the earth, connect with God, connect with themselves, connect with others, and a place to heal. Now, when you look at that, that's a big dream. And that's not even the you know, the tip of the iceberg, there's so much more to it, layers upon layers upon layers. But it's a pretty big dream. It's a pretty costly dream. I mean, if you look at properties, a thousand plus acres, you're talking tens of millions of dollars. Between me and you, I don't have tens of millions of dollars yet. The funny thing is that one of the things I'm learning is I don't necessarily have to be the one with the money. Because that's part of what a dream is. It's when you start sharing that dream with other people. Other people buy into the dream. And they want to be a part of it. They want to have a part in it. And they want to contribute. And that's one of the things I've learned along my journey. Is being able and willing and open to receiving from others. Being able to receive that help. And God has taught me many lessons here and there. A big one was being able to receive financial help from others. That was something I was closed off to for a very long time. And he kind of showed me that, you know what? No, it's not a bad thing. Because here's the thing. When you receive from others, you're giving them the opportunity to do the giving. And that right there is a great merit. It's a great honor. So be open to receiving. Because what ends up happening is you're able to then turn around and give more. But with regards to dreaming, start off. Step one is know your dream, identify it, envision it. What does it look like? All aspects of it. And if that is frightening to you, if that's overwhelming, okay, take a step back, dream smaller. Right now, you may be living in a tiny two-bedroom Crown Heights apartment. You might be living in somebody's basement. You might be struggling financially. So right now, your dream is just to get out of that apartment. Right now, your dream is just to be able to pay the bills. Whatever it may be, that's fine. Write it down. 
and this is key, there's scientific data to back up the fact that you need to write down your dreams. I forget the exact numbers, but the percentage of likelihood of your dream actually happening and coming coming to fruition simply by writing it down, it, the, the percentage, the chance of it grows exponentially. Now, that doesn't mean that writing it down is enough. Obviously, you have to go after those actions. But what you do is you identify your dream, write it down, and then build into it the steps that are going to be needed to get there. Now, here's the thing, though. I've recently, as I mentioned previously, I believe, I've started waking up in the mornings early. Um, I realized that in order to give the best of myself to my family, I had to have what to give. Waking up at 7.30 was not giving my family the best. So I started waking up at 6, and then I switched it to 5.30. And because of the way my body works, typically I wake up around 5.15, 5.20 now without my alarm clock, and I get out of bed. And I've started doing this every morning, getting up at 5.30. Now, I am tired. I also have a strict 11 o'clock bedtime, but I'm tired by 5.30. I'm tired in the morning. It's hard to get up. I do it anyway, because what it does is it allows me to get my day started off right. I start off with morning blessings, drink a cup of water, do morning prayers, do some meditation, do some journaling, which, by the way, when I say meditation, I, I don't know what meditation is. <laughs> so right now, my meditation currently is sitting on the floor, listening to a an instrumental song um, that was played for me a while back that, you know, an, an integral part of my life and a part of my journey. But that's my meditation. And I just think to myself all the things I'm grateful for. I do some journaling. I do reading. I listen to some podcasts. I listen to my daily Torah Bible study. Um, and then by that time, the kids are starting to get up. So I get them dressed. I get their snacks prepared. But the point is I'm getting up at 530 because it's what needs to be done in order for me to have what to give. It sucks. I hate it, but I love the results that are being given. You know, many years ago, uh, not many years ago, I make it sound like it was so long ago, but about five, six years ago, when I met one of my mentors, one of the things he asked me, you know, is are, are you process oriented or outcome oriented? Are you focused on what is being done? Or are you focused on getting to that outcome? And of course, I said outcome oriented because I, you know, I, I wanted I was, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to get there. That is that is who I wanted to be. Now, it take, took me a while to actually get to that point of being outcome-oriented in reality. And this year, in, you know, it's grown, it's happened tremendously. But at the end of the day, that's the thing, is you have to be okay with the outcome. You have to be wanting and desiring of that outcome and therefore be willing to do whatever the process is to get there. So during my morning routine, I've been reading a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear or James Cleary. I don't know. I'll put it in the link in the, in the description. Amazing book. I, I'm enjoying it so much. The funny thing is, ironically, though, it's about building habits. It took me about four or five times trying to read it until I was actually able to get past the first three pages because my habits were not in place. And that's another that's thing that's very important. We'll let's go off on a tangent for a minute. When you're trying to build habits, you can't do everything at once. Like when I started my morning routines, it wasn't everything. It wasn't the water and the journaling and the meditation and the, you know, I started off with one thing, which is getting up and drinking a cup of water. I did that for three days, and then I added in a little bit of exercise. I did that for a week, and then I added in a podcast. And then you slowly build up from there. It's called habit stacking. Again, I highly suggest getting Atomic Habits and reading it. 
Uh, but one of the things he talks about there is as you're working towards your goals, as you're trying to change a habit, you have to be real with yourself. You have to be honest. Are the action steps that you're taking real action steps? Or are you faking it and convincing yourself that you're actually making progress? He uses the, the example that research isn't real action. Like here, when it comes down to the, to the dream of the ranch that we have, sure, I can do research. I can look into homesteading. I can look into raising cows. I can look into raising chickens. I can look into all that. I can look into healing modalities, whatever it may be. I can do the research, but that's not actually moving me closer to my goal. In reality, the only way to really do homesteading is to start. So whether it's growing plants and vegetables in your backyard, if you're able to, or learning carpentry skills, whatever it may be, you have to do something. So whatever your goal is, whatever your dream is, it's not enough just to research it. It's not enough to think about it and to talk about it. You have to actually pursue it with real, genuine, actionable steps. So for us, well, because I am planning on turning this ranch into a health and wellness center, I need to know what that means. So right now I am doing research, but I'm also going out and experiencing different types of healing and different types of mental health work, physical health work, so that I can then turn around and utilize that. But you have to take real action steps. At the same time, though, you have to keep your eye on the prize. What is the big dream? What is the goal? You know, especially if you're in a situation where you have a day job or you're running a business or whatever it may be, and it, it's time consuming. And it's hard, sometimes it's hard to think to ourselves, you know, we think to ourselves, how can I possibly be pursuing my dream? Again, if I got to pay the bills. So I was actually speaking to a friend of my family's um, and he he said something brilliant. He, he was through voice notes on WhatsApp. And I was telling him what was going on. I told him what we're working on. He, he loves it. It's a great idea. And when I mentioned that, you know, right now I'm looking for a new job. And it's something very interesting that he said, because it's been a perspective shift that I kind of went the other way. But he said, you know, I understand what you're saying of having to pay the bills. But don't get caught up in the pursuit of money and the comfort that comes with it and forget about your dream. That right there was extremely impactful. And I told him, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not forgetting about it. I just right now I need to pay the bills. And I, I gave him, you know, basically my general mindset on it. And he responded with, I think that's great. I love it. I love what you're saying. I love what you're doing. Just make a commitment to do one thing each day to move yourself towards your dream to move yourself towards your passion. That's it. One thing each day. One simple, real action. Listen, if you're not at the step right, if you're not at a stage right now where you can take massive action, where you can take some of those real action steps and you're still at the research stage, fine, at least do that. But also know when it's time to shift it into the next gear. Like one of the things I'm going through on a daily basis, I, I constantly think to myself, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing a job. I'm pursuing a steady income, but I know that in the next two to five years, I'm going to be moving out onto a ranch somewhere, a homestead, whatever it may be, a big property, small property. I know that sometime in the next two to five years, I'm going to have to start fundraising. I'm going to have to come up with a pitch deck. I'm going to have to come up with a, with a business plan. 
whatever it may be. That, those are things that need to happen. So why not start now? So those are the next steps that I'll be taking. Is I'm going to be putting this all together so I can start talking to people so that in a year from now, we'll be able to move out with funding and with donations. But the point is you have to do one thing each day, one thing each day towards your dream. And remember that your dream is your dream. It's not somebody else's dream. It's not your parents' dream. It's not necessarily your family's dream. Even if you share dreams with somebody else, like, for example, my wife and I share this dream and this vision of the ranch and the homestead with my sister, with my eldest sister. But there's even still a little bit of a difference there. Because for me, I'm really more about the health and wellness center aspect of it. My wife and my sister are more about the ranch and homesteading aspect. Now, there is a place where those two visions meet because my sister wants to create a what we're calling the Ranch Hands program, wherein we'll have high school age boys who will come live on the ranch with us. They'll work the land with us and they'll learn and they'll gain certain skills that they need like to, to overcome anxiety and to build various skills they'll need in life. So it's it's a marriage of my idea and her, our, my idea and their idea. So you can share similar dreams, and there's ways that those dreams can work together. But your dream has to be your dream. And in order for your dream to, to actually work, you've got to work. You've got to be whole. You know, I, I was listening to a podcast this week, and something was said absolutely brilliant about trauma and healing. And what is healing? Uh, actually, I believe this, this podcast was, um, the, the guest on the post, uh, podcast was, um, Gabor Mate, I believe is his name. Um, very big in the world of trauma. I think he put out a documentary, a film called The Wisdom of Trauma. Anyway, he said something fascinating, and it really struck a chord with me. He said that healing, from the root words, when you look back at what it is, it's really about wholeness. Healing is about becoming whole again. It's a constant process, something you constantly have to do. But it's about being whole. So in order to pursue your dreams, though, you have to be whole. Now, that doesn't mean wait until you're the perfect person and you're totally healed from whatever you may have experienced. But what it means is as you're pursuing your dream, the physical, tangible, tangible aspect, also pursue your dream self, your ideal self. Work on yourself to be able to get there. But trust me, going after your dream, it's going to be hard work. It always is. And there's going to be detours. And there's going to be side roads, and you're going to have to do some off-roading in order to get there. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. Start planting seeds, because here's the thing. Your dream won't necessarily come when you want it to come. It will come, as long as you're willing to work towards it and you're taking steps towards it. It will come, but it won't necessarily come when you want it or in the way that you want it. But as long as you keep focusing on it and you're working towards it, it'll be there. You know, a funny little story is when, I, we, when we were still living in New York, I was living in Crown Heights in Brooklyn and I was working in Queens. And every day I would take the subway to and from Brooklyn to Queens. It was about an hour and a half trip each way. And I would always go through the city because there was no direct line at the time. Who knows, maybe uh, in the year... 2075, somebody will be listening to this podcast and they'll be like, what are you talking about? I take a 15-minute train ride from Brooklyn to Queens every single day. Well, back in my day, it was an hour and a half from one end to the other end, and it always passed through Manhattan. 
And on the way back after work, I would get off the train and go to various networking events and go into these high-rise buildings. And I always was fascinated by the different setups of the different buildings that was hosting these networking events and the offices and the open space and the unlimited bar and the unlimited candy. And it always just looked so fun. And at the time, my dream was to be able to one day work in an office like that around awesome people, doing awesome things, having a great time and getting work done. Well, I was recently interviewing for, for a job at a, at a company. And what struck me is when I walk into that, when I walked into that office, it was exactly what I had dreamed of. It was that open concept, everybody sitting, talking to each other, chatting and getting work done. And there's that Xbox in the corner. There's the, the, the kitchen that's fully stocked with all the drinks and just, people are happy to be there. And it's just a cool environment. Now, I don't have a job yet. And who knows, maybe this won't be the job. But to have gotten a taste of it in reality that, hey, this may be the next thing that I'm working on. This may be the next place I'm working at. It's a taste of a dream. I never expected it to happen. And most people, frankly, are trying to get out of the office. And here I am trying to get in the office. But that's because I value experiences more than I value titles or roles or jobs. But the, the experience of working in that office with those people, learning from them, to me is extremely valuable. So again, you don't know when your dream will come to fruition or not. And the best thing you can do, oh my, this, was, this was a topic we just discussed recently, reach out to people, people you haven't spoken to in 10, 15 years. Because when you do, you never know what's going to happen. First of all, you don't know what you're doing for them. You're probably, you reaching out saying, hello, hey, how are you doing? I had, a, I had somebody send me a message today. It was so funny. I woke up this morning. He actually sent it last night. I woke up this morning and get a message. Hey, thinking of you. That was it. And it really it, it filled me up with warmth. It made me feel really good. And I shot him back a message. Say, oh, you know, thank you so much. How are you doing? I haven't heard back from him. But the point of it, the point is that his, hey, thinking of you, his four words, thinking of you, yeah, four words, made my day. It set me off on the right pace. Set me off on the right foot. You could do that for somebody. But also, doing that, you never know what's going to come about it. Somebody else I recently reached out to, but wanted to check in with them, and they're doing some amazing work in the educational industry. Amazing work in a way that will, God willing, benefit myself and my family, as well as potentially benefit the community. And now I'm speaking to them about how can we utilize this to benefit the community. So you never know what's going to happen. You never know what will come about through speaking to people. And you never know when a dream of yours will come to fruition. Because I've always, forever and for always, wanted to impact the world of education. As a student, I wanted to change the world of education. As a teacher, I wanted to change the world of education. And that's what I've been doing for the last 15 years. I've been doing everything in my power to change education as we know it. And I've succeeded in certain areas. And I failed in other areas. Hey, listen, if, if the only thing you've learned from me about education is that get out before it's too late, you know, it, it's funny because in the interviews I've been doing the last week and a half for jobs and I keep getting asked, so wh why the transition now? And here's the thing. I, I don't play the interview game. I don't believe it. I think it's a bunch of BS trying to give people an answer, faking a resume on all that. I show up as me. I show up authentically. So I answer questions authentically, even if it may come back to bite me in the butt. But what I answered to them was, I said, listen, when I got into education, I swore that I would get out before it was too late. And in my book, there's 
two times that it'll be too late. Time number one is if you're at the point where you're the teacher who's screaming and shouting and belittling other students or students, not other students, because you're not a student. No, I guess, actually, I guess if you're a true educator, you're a student of your students. Anyway, either you're harassing and belittling and, and traumatizing your students because you're constantly angry or you've lost your passion for teaching, which again is kind of just as bad in a different way. For me, it's important to acknowledge that. And that when I when I got into education, I swore myself that I would get out before it was too late. And I've been telling this to the people that you know I've been interviewing with because I think it's important for them to know. But either way, at the end of the day, my goal was to affect change in the world of education, to have a lasting impact. And so I've been working at it so hard within the school, within the classroom, working with administrators. But all along, I've been developing my network, building my resources. And now that I'm leaving, and this will lead into the last thing I want to talk about, making room. In order to achieve your dreams, you have to make room in your life. You have to get rid of some of those things, even maybe some of those good things, the things that you've been successful at. You have to make room in order to let in something new. But the incredible thing is that when you do that, it it's like the floodgates. Everything just starts pouring in. So that's what I've been doing recently. I've been making room. And it's involved some difficult conversations. It's involved a lot of emotions. But making room creates, it creates, creates, we're making up words now, it creates space for bigger blessings to come in. Because when one door closes, another door opens. And that's exactly what happened here. I'm closing the door on my educational career in the classroom. And from what I can see, at least three other doors have opened in the last day and a half. I kid you not. And I'm not going to take all of them because they may not all be right. But here's the thing. When you plant seeds, my mentors have a much better way of saying it. I'm going to butcher it, but I'm going to say it anyway because I think you're going to get the point. When you plant seeds, it's, it's so funny. Sorry, I'm getting distracted again. But it's really funny to think that I've been hearing these sayings about planting seeds for years. And now I'm actually pursuing a life that's going to actually physically involve planting seeds. So interesting how I've been prepped for that. God knows what he's doing. Back to point. When you plant seeds, you may not reap what you sow where you plant it. But you will always reap what you sow. So when you plant a seed, you may not grow a fruit or a vegetable there where you plant it, but down the line, something will come of it. When you're connecting with somebody and you're adding value to them, you may not get anything out of it, out of them right then and there. So nothing may come of it, but you never know what's going to happen down the line. I have a relationship that I've been involved in for how many years is it now? Probably 20 years I've known this individual. And they've been extremely important to me instrumental in my growth as an individual. And for years, I didn't talk to them. And then I randomly reach out to them. And then we don't talk again. And they randomly reach out to them again. And they randomly reach out to me. And next thing you know, we're working with each other in a very big way. So you really never know what's going to happen. Focus on your dream. Write it down. Write out the steps. 
do the hard work, then wait patiently. Pray. Let God into your life. And for heaven's sake, start making room. Welcome to the conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would let me know by hitting that follow button and the notification bell so that the next time I release an episode, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to it. Additionally, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a rating and, of course, write a review. I would love to hear back from you, from your feedback, whatever it may be. So please be sure to reach out either through my email, through any of my social media platforms, or by leaving a voice note. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.